morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day of the week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us. I know that people are starting to go back to work now. So some people are hearing this on demand where they were with us live, wherever you are. Thanks so much for joining and sticking with us. We've been talking yesterday about the idea of infusing energy into time. I want to start taking the properties that are in our lives and start playing with them more. So important that we, I guess, like de-dramatize. Is that the word? I'm, I don't know. I think there's probably a better word. De-dramatize the, the properties around us. We have to recognize that what's inside us is the most important property, which is a piece of God which is the energy that is spiritual and what's around us is a physical world. And we could be much more creative from the word to create in the world than we think this, I mean, for the rule followers, I know this is harder, but you learn this in life. You ever wonder like why some people like can barely pass at a high school and seem to thrive as soon as they graduate it's not because like there was like some hidden genius locked inside there i know we like to pretend that i know it's very it's it makes for a good story when we tell over about the guy who's got an f in every category and then like you know started six companies like he was like a hidden genius yeah everyone has certain genius inside them if you want to like break down, like what is the main reason? The main reason is because when you get out into the outside world, you get rewarded for not following rules. Now you have to navigate that properly. You can't just break rules all day. But typically, whenever you see any level of innovation from macro innovation, we're going to now start bringing cars to the market. We're going to go and now make electric cars. We're going to change the way we do these things to micro innovation. Hey, how come in the office, everybody always does this at 9 a.m.? Why don't we do this at 9 a.m.? And everyone's like, I don't know. We've always done it that way. But like, why? Like, why don't we all get together for 10 minutes and just catch up on our day? Everyone's like, who does that? And it's just like, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Micro, micro. Usually, whenever you see innovation, there's a rule that gets bended. Now, you have, you have to know how to navigate rules, right? Like, there's certain rules you can't bend. But the idea that we look over at the world in front of us and we are not overwhelmed into compliance, but we recognize that we are co-creators is a fundamental tenant of being a human being vis-a-vis -vis a relationship with God. He created a world intentionally, if you will, imperfect, even though it's perfect, but it's intentionally imperfect because it wouldn't be fun if you build the Lego set for the little kids. You have to break the pieces open and let them build the set. That's part of the fun is building the Lego. If every time they are about to do something, you do it for them, that's not fun. If every time, you know, if you, if, I mean, this would never happen. I, I think I saw a movie this when I was like a kid. 
Like if you're playing football and as you're running, the guy blocking you, you take out a gun and shoot him, you get a touchdown, but that's not fun. Not to mention you'll go to jail, but, and it's wrong. But like part of the fun of the sport is trying to figure out how to avoid the defense. So the creation of a world that is intentionally imperfect is part of the greatest gift that God gave us. Now, it comes with moments of true dark, of, of perceived darkness. By giving this person the ability, they can choose wrong 100%. And we're constantly wanting God to swoop in at any moment and fix it. But we have to recognize that part of the challenge of life is the mechanism to bring out the best in us. That means we're co-creating. That's the deal. Six days a week, you co-create with God. That means that we have to stop being so enamored by the physical world. This is so, if I'd have to like, if we'd have to do a show on my humble opinion of what are the traits of like really great entrepreneurs, this is one of them. They are not enamored by status quo. They are not enamored by the physical world. They, they, they assume that they can fix it and change it. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, but understand that the power that is inside us gives us the ability to be a co-creator in the world around us. Babies don't fall from the sky on purpose. They don't grow from trees on purpose. God is teaching us. You're, you have creative capacity. I've in, infused you and endowed you with a a melokim, a, a you know, a vision of, of, if you will, of me. The human being is the representative of the divine. That means that when you look at properties that are physical properties, do not be thrown by them. You have the ability to influence them and change them. You can change your brain. You don't, we don't have to be subject to our brain. The, the feeling that we all have, which is the way, what I was exposed to, like before I was 20, that's my life. People feel this way, me included to some extent. Well, when I grew up like this, or I saw this, or I went through this background or this education or this, this, or whatever. I know people that are trying to make strides in their spirituality and what blocks them is I didn't have this growing up. Okay. You didn't have email growing up. All right. Like big deal. You didn't have a phone in your hand. You didn't have zoom growing up. You're not going to use zoom. We get this like thing. We're so enamored by our brain. Your brain is just a computer. You can change it. To some extent, I don't want to like overdo it, but okay, we have a range. We could manipulate it. We could condition it. We know people that have lifetime of eating incredibly unhealthy. And then you see them a few years later and something happens and they change their whole approach to food. We know people that had relationships that have been incredibly terrible and something triggered and they have changed themselves. We know people like this.
And to some extent, we are people like this. We are co-creating with the power that God gave us. Now, if you wanna like break it down to truth, it's really not us, it's really him giving us the power every second, but let's get there next. The truth is the power that we have is really not our power, it's really him. It's really the divine giving us the power every second. In Hebrew, it's It's he gives you the power to make. Fine, but that's truth. Let's just work with where we're at. I want to now get into the world of just respect. And that means that the physical properties are really for us to influence. That also applies to the physical properties that we can't touch. Time, space, self. We can manipulate it. We can infuse it. We can change it. We can influence it. It's an amazing thing, the power that we have. Our words can change the world. Prayer can change the world. They're, they're, you can't put your hands on words, but you have them and you can put them out into the world and you, you, things stay, things change. But your energy, but I, I want, as you hear this, you to understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about like some like, like fluffy, cutesy, kumbaya e like your energy. I'm talking about an actual energy source called spirituality that is real that you have, that you can direct somewhere. I want you to feel that you are holding the keys to a nuclear power plant and you can direct where that energy goes. You can figure out which pipes to put it through. It's real. You don't have to touch it to believe in energy. Scientists that study this don't need to taste energy to know that energy is real. And me and you have it. It's a gift that comes along with time. And we're stewards of energy. We are not just stewards of time. We're stewards of energy. Divine, powerful energy. We're nuclear plants. And if we're given more energy, it's because we got something to do with that energy. And when we go into our day, when we go into the time that we're about, when we go into the, to the, the, the things we need to engage in, when we look at the blocks called our day, which are just blocks of time that click, 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 we can turn to those times and infuse it with energy and give us the strength during that time to do a little bit more than we thought possible. But it won't work if we are like, if we are the slaves to time. That was one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. There's so much symbolism here. I mean, the the first command that God gave the Jewish people in Egypt was to to sanctify the month because he was teaching us that you are going to control time now. I'm taking you out of Egypt. 
I am taking you out of someone else who controls your time. A slave is controlled in its time, and I'm giving you the gift of time. I'm not just giving it to you so that it, it clicks off. I'm giving it to you so that you now have gifts. The gift, your, if your eyes are open, you have the gift of energy that's inside you. You have me inside you. You now have me, you have time, you have, you have properties. You've got stuff to work on in, in the shed. You got Lego pieces. You got stuff. Go make something happen. I don't know. Make a project. I don't know. Here's crayons and like, you know, paper and like a scissor. Like, don't, I don't know. Make something for me. It's, it's Father's Day. It doesn't matter if it looks ridiculous because it's yours. And I don't care about what you make. I'm the dad. Just make me whatever you want. But just make something. I was like, do what you got to do. We can talk about what that is, but just do do what you got to do. You got time. You got energy. Go do something. But the first thing we got to do is look at those times and, and almost envision us increasing the energy into those times. Because if we go through our day energy lists, we're not going to be accomplished. Not because we don't have the talent, because we don't, we, and not because we don't have the energy. Because we just haven't connected the dots. And just easier to be comfortable. Or just easier to be mad at somebody. It's hard, by the way, it is hard to bring the energy consistently. It's hard. If you ever get up every day at the same time, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to do the same thing every day with enthusiasm. It's 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 easier to be like all over the place because every time you have that taste called variety. But if you're doing things consistently, which is what you need to do to be great at anything, it's hard to bring the energy. So we just assume that the energy comes to us, but it's not true. I remember I told you this story once. It 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 was it's amazing how I thought it would be so terrible. It ended up being such a powerful moment in my life. I told you the story when I was on a trip once for the guys. In the morning when I left, my phone fell in the sink. Do you remember that story? It was the last day of the trip. We were in Israel. And we were flying home that day. It was a crazy day. There was a, we had to give a class in the morning. We ran around Jerusalem. We went. We had a banquet. We all had to board planes by midnight, right? We flew back home, the whole deal. And everything was on my phone. Everything was on my phone. In the morning, as I'm cleaning up and trying, I'm rushing to get everything packed because I had like 10 minutes to go back to the hotel, pack the stuff, get the bags at this guy's in, in this guy's car and get back to this and get back to that. I'm running around leading the trip. I'm cleaning up my, my, um, the, the, the bathroom of the hotel, you know, all the toiletries. And I mistakenly, am as I'm putting the sink on to clean things, whatever I'm doing a million things and my elbow hits my phone and it just goes right into the sink. And I turn up, look down at my phone, like under like three inches of water. <laughs> Phone's dead. <laughs> Last day of Israel. Forget, forget it. Just forget like the little things. Like how do you order the Uber when you get out? Forget that stuff. Mm-hmm. Getting to the airport. What time? This, that. I've... And my first feeling was like drained. Drained. And I'm on the car getting to the first class. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I call this guy and that guy. They're like, we can take it to a shop. It's a 24-hour turnaround. And I'm like just drained of like, what's going to be? What's going to be? What's going to be? And I remember getting in front of that classroom. And the guy's like, hey, Charlie, like, you know, great trip. Looking forward to. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
you're going to not bring energy for because of your stupid phone? Who do you? You're nobody. There are people here. They're giving you your, their attention. Your phone? Are you kidding me? Like, I have to go to the side to, like, literally do this. I didn't know I was doing it, but do this to, like, stop and, like, infuse my energy into this next moment, which was the last class of the trip. Because it's not fair to them that my phone fell into a sink. I got to reduce the energy that I'm bringing to this class because I got to worry about my phone. So what? Big deal. I can't get home without a phone. Like no one did that before. And it worked out fine. Whatever it was. I survived without a phone for a day. Shocker. I still got home. You think it's fair to the world around us that we don't come to this day with energy? You think it's fair to our employees and our family members? You think it's fair to the guy in the street? You think it's fair to the mailman? who's lugging around the mail in the rain that you don't have the energy to give him a big smile. Why? Cause you had a hard day today. You know, I, I have a rabbi who's in Israel right now. His name is Rabbi Shmuel Brazil. Incredible man. Incredible man. He lost his wife when he was young. He was a, he was a rabbi. He had students and he lost his wife. It was a terrible tragedy. And he sat Shiva and a friend of mine would learn with him in the afternoon. So the day came where he returned to Yeshiva. Remember he's, he's a rabbi, he has students. And my friend who was learning with him at a certain time during the day called the rabbi and said, rabbi, you're not going to come in. Like, you know, don't worry about it. He goes, no, he sat Shiva. It's time. I got to get back. He says, hey, he says he has to get back with his life. So I remember, this, my friend tells a story like I couldn't believe it. He says he walks into the into the main room. The Hebrew it's called the Beit Midrash, which is the main study area. The door opens for this class. But it's the first time he was back since everybody had gone to the funeral of his wife. And the entire yeshiva turns the door and gets silent. And he's, he pauses and my friend is standing there by the door waiting for him. And he lets out the biggest smile. Hey, how are you? And everyone's like shocked. And they go sit down, they study, they go through their hour, their learning session. And when it's over, my friend says, I'm sorry to ask the rabbi this, but like, are you a human being? Like, what, what, why are you so smiley for? Everyone understands. And he turned to him and he said the most powerful thing. He said, Oh, my heart is broken in a million pieces, he says. But my smile is public property. I don't have the right to take my broken heart and break yours. My smile is public property. Do you hear that? Do you hear that wisdom? Can you imagine people living like this? My smile is public property. People walk around like in a sour face because like they're just not in the mood. You gotta deal with people all day who aren't in the mood. People have to suffer from other people that just don't feel it. 
We're all like this. My smile is public property. You know what what he's saying? You deserve more energy. I'm going to infuse this moment in more energy than I feel like I want to put in. Because if I can force the energy in, it will go in. Which is what we're going to talk about. Forcing energy. But before we do that, let's just like for a second, let's just for a second, please, let's just for a second, recognize just what kind of responsibility we have to be alive. And just how much the world around us needs to make sure that that, remember yesterday we saw about that homework? Picture the thing that you're doing, picture the energy thermometer, raise it for 10 minutes. Just how much the world needs us to be experts at that. All right, we'll talk about this again more with God's help. All right, have a great day, everybody. Bring the energy. Bring the energy. The people around us deserve it. Hope all is well. Have a great day. With God's help, I can't wait to to see you again tomorrow.